The scripture reading this morning is from Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 6. That can be found on page 1047 in the Pew Bibles. Again, that's Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 6. It's on page 1047. I will be reading from the New King James Version. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom towards those who are outside redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Good morning. It is so good to see everybody here today. The sun is out. Aren't you glad spring is here? Finally. I won't speak too soon because it might snow tomorrow. But it is so good to be with you if you're a guest looking for a church home. Uh, we really hope, we really mean this. We really hope we can be your church home. We would love to help you grow closer to God. It's an exciting time in this congregation. There's a lot of great things going on, a lot of great things that are going to be happening in the coming weeks. Uh, it's a very exciting, refreshing thing that the All for One ministry has begun in a lot of the different Bible classes here. And we're so thankful that so many of them have been praying together and meeting together and talking about how to see the kingdom grow and how to reach more souls. I can't think of anything that's that's more important than that. I'm not sure there's many things that would please God more than those types of conversations. I'm thankful that those are taking place. Let's be prayerful as we aim to please God and glorify Him through that ministry. Uh, I'm telling you, it really gets me pumped up. And, uh, and speaking, speaking of reaching out to people, uh, we're going to be presented this month with four awesome opportunities for all of us to be thinking about reaching out to people and inviting people to attend either worship peer or an event that's being hosted by different ministries existing within this congregation. Next weekend, our youth group is gonna be attending our spring retreat. It's uh, like our, our fall and spring retreat, uh, our sixth through 12th grades uh, have two of the biggest events that we host every year, those two weekends. And this one looks like it, it's probably gonna be the biggest one we've had yet. Our theme is Ghostbusters, which I'm really excited about. The kids don't know what it is, but I'm really excited about it. And uh, if you've got a sixth to 12th grader, uh, I hope you'll send them with us. I'm the youth minister here, so I'm kind of the point man about that trip, and uh, I'd love to meet with you if we haven't met, and if you've got kids that would fit that demographic, I'd love to get connected with your family. I'll say more about those, those other three opportunities to reach out to people a little bit later in the lesson, uh, but this is exciting too. I want to share this with you. Tonight, the, the circuit riders will be uh, speaking to us and leading us in worship. Uh, these are some of our young men that several times this year have traveled to many of the area congregations to lead the worship. They read scripture, they pray, uh, they do the Lord's Supper, they, they lead singing, they preach, the whole thing. And, uh, and so tonight we're in for a treat. We're going to get to hear from the guys who've been doing that and get to see them in action. Uh, this is a ministry that sometimes flies under the radar, so it's going to be a treat to get to hear from them. And we definitely appreciate what Doug Williams does by leading that ministry and helping those guys in any way that they need. We're blessed, aren't we? A few years ago, Disney came out with one of the greatest movies ever made. I didn't say one of the greatest Disney movies, I mean movies. I love the movie Up. Um, it, it's called Up if you haven't seen it, if you don't know what the screen is there. Uh, and if you, haven't, if you haven't seen it, you don't even have to rent it, just go buy it today. 
uh, you'll love it. You'll laugh, you'll cry. Uh, just an awesome story. I don't, I don't want to give too much away uh, because you just need to see it for yourself. But it tells the story of a man named Carl Fredrickson. He's an older man who lives alone and he prefers to be left alone. He doesn't want to be bothered. Well, one day he's bothered. There's a junior wilderness explorer by the name of Russell who knocks on his door. And in an effort to get rid of this annoying kid on his porch, Mr. Fredrickson comes up with a plan and, and probably a prank that a lot of you guys here have pulled to annoying kids on your porches. Um, he tells Russell that he needs his help getting rid of a bird that's been eating his azalea bushes and the bird is called a snipe. So he sends him to hunt snipe. Have any of you ever hunted snipe before or sent somebody to hunt snipe? I see a few hands. Um, but the kid, there's no such thing as a snipe, by the way. But the kid doesn't know that. That's what makes it a good prank. So it makes it a good prank to all of you who've had that done to you. Uh, so he tells Russell the only way he can lure out the snipe is to walk around. Y'all know how to do this, right? Walk around and clap his hands three times. Here, snipe. Here, snipe. And so he sends Russell away. And for a little while, the plan works. Or so he thinks. And later this happens. Hopefully this will work. Tracks? <gasps> snipe! Here, Snipe. Come on out, Snipe. Snipe! Don't be afraid, little snipe. I am a wilderness explorer, so I'm a friend to all of nature. Want some more? <gasps> Hi, boy. I found the snipe! Oh, did you? Are they tall? Oh, yes, they're very tall. Do they have a lot of colors? They do indeed. Do they like chocolate? Oh, yeah. Chocolate. That thing. It's a snipe. Uh, there's no such thing as a snipe. <laughs> if you don't know what you're looking for, you just might miss it. Lord, give me wisdom. Lord, just just help me to be more humble. Lord, give me, give me the strength that I need. Lord, help me, help me to be a better example. Lord, help me to be more patient. Lord, I want to be more loving. Father, help me to lead people closer to you. Lord, help me to trust you. You ever prayed things like that before? All the time? They're wonderful things to pray, biblical things to pray. But let me ask you this. Would you know God's answer if you saw it? Would you know it if you saw it? How many of those kinds of prayer requests has God already answered? Yet you and I have never taken the time to think about what an answer to that kind of prayer really looks like. If you don't know what you're looking for, you just might miss it. You following me? 
Mr. Fredrickson, I found your snipe. You'll have to forgive the expression here, but what if God actually brings you a snipe? Not a big, colorful bird, chocoholic bird, but that thing that you've been praying so hard for, that prayer that you've been praying for days and days and days, that, that request that you've taken before the throne of God time after time after time, would you know it was being answered when you saw it being answered? If you don't know what you're looking for, you just might miss it. God says, I, I found your snipe. And we go, what? I, I, I don't even know what that is. We pray things like, Lord, give me wisdom. Lord, help me to be patient. And what do we expect? For God to, to drop a, a jar out of heaven with a parachute with a label on it that says wisdom and it just lands on our doorstep? That's not the way God answers prayers. He doesn't gift wrap things like that for us. But what do those answers look like? We're going to be looking at Colossians 4, verses 2 through 6 this morning. It's a passage that David began developing last week, and this morning I want to study the rest of that passage together as we kind of dig into it. It's short, so first we're going to read the text, and then we'll dig deeper into it to see what we can learn from it. Here's verse 2. Colossians 4, verses 2 through 6. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us, that God may open to us a door for the word, to declare the mystery of Christ, on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how, to, how you ought to answer each person." He begins by saying, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. I won't take a lot of time to develop this because David did last week, but here's a very cool thought from that verse that's it's really loaded with, with content. We need to have an ongoing, steadfast, watchful prayer life. So much jam-packed into that one sentence. Here's verse 3. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. He says, he says, pray for us. Why? Oh, okay, Paul, I get it. Because you're in prison. You, you don't want to be in prison anymore. So you want us to pray for an open door so that you can walk out of jail. Now, that's not what Paul prays for at all. In fact, it's, it's almost mind-boggling to me that we never read a prayer like that coming out of Paul's mouth. He prays about doors of opportunity, not prison doors. Why? Well, I think it's because he learned in prison he could be provided with some great opportunities to glorify God. Ever read the books Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Philemon? All written in prison. There was that night in prison with the Philippian jailer. Just a quick little side note here as we kind of think about our life. Sometimes God uses the times that we think we're stuck as an opportunity for him to write beautiful chapters. You don't think God had a hand in that jailer working on that particular night, on that particular shift, in that particular jail where a man named Paul was sitting? A reason that Paul was sitting inside of that particular prison under his watch Paul would be given opportunities to glorify God even though he couldn't go anywhere. In 2 Timothy 2, verses 8 and 9, we read a very beautiful passage. He says, remember that Jesus Christ, this is Paul writing, that Jesus Christ of the seed of David 
was raised from the dead according to my gospel, for which I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even to the point of chains. But the word of God is not chained. God was still working. God was still answering prayers. And even though our plans might be stuck in neutral, God's plans are not. Paul understood this. In verse 3, Paul urges them in their prayers to, to ask God to open up doors for the word. Do you ever pray for that? Do you ever pray for doors to open for the word of God? That, that sounds like something we might pray on a, on a mission trip. A team might pray before they, bego, bego, before they go and begin. Made up a new word. Before they bego and uh, begin their work. It might be a prayer that you think about, we pray in, in regards to mission work and we connect it to mission work a lot of times. But really it's a personal prayer that every single one of us needs to be praying as it pertains to your life. We need to be praying for open doors to the word in our, in our schools and in our workplaces and in our friendships and in our families. Paul says, pray that God may open a door to us for the word. Remember the snipe analogy? If you don't know what you're looking for, you just might miss it. If we pray for God to open up doors for the word, what does an answer to that prayer look like? What's an open door for the word look like? I think about that word door from verse three. I really wanna focus in on that. That's an important word to think about as it pertains to evangelism. I realize that what I'm about to say is probably the most brilliant thing you've ever heard. So get your pens ready. Doors can either be opened or closed. That's what I got for you. Doors can either be open or closed. Maybe you've already decided in your mind, because some of you have, I'm sure, which restaurant you're going to hit up for lunch today. And so you'll drive up to Cracker Barrel and you'll get out of your car and you'll walk up to the door and you'll pull on the handle and it'll open and they'll welcome you in. Why? Well, because the door is open. But then you might have one of those moments and you'll swing by Chick-fil-A and you'll get out of your car and you'll walk up to the door and you'll pull on the handle and you can't get in. You might be the world's nicest customer, but guess what? It doesn't matter. Why? Because the door's closed. Paul recognized that in evangelism, in, in sharing the word of God, there will be times when the door is open and there will be times when the door is shut. Times when people are in a place where they're more open to hearing about the word of God and other times when people are not very interested. A couple has a new baby. They've never given much thought to the idea of connecting with a church before, but all of a sudden there's this new responsibility, there's this new baby, and they decide, you know what? We've never been big on church, but we want our child to grow up knowing who God is. The door's open. A guest walks into a church building for the first time and their heart is open and they're searching, but no one speaks to them and they don't come back. The door was open, but in their mind, we help slam that door shut. A person experiences a death. One person experiences a death and they get very angry and they blame God and they shut the door. On the other hand, another person experiences a death of someone who's close to them 
and they start thinking real hard about their life and the fact that one day they're going to have to meet God and they want to be ready and the doors open it's like Paul says we need to be praying for open doors with open eyes because if we don't know what we're looking for we just might miss it people have times in their life seasons in their life windows of time in their life when they're more open to being reached television understands this right remember when your kid your kid and you're homesick some of you remember this and you're looking for something to watch on TV and you find the price is right it's like the only thing that was on you know, that if you're a kid you would watch when do you see colonial pen commercials it's not during SpongeBob at four o'clock it's during the price is right why well because that company understands that there are windows of time where the audience most open to their message can be reached they're very strategic about this and we need to be too we need to be strategic and so let's let's get practical do you have a post-it note at the end of your pew there I hope everybody would take some post-it notes just take one of those and pass them down you just need one so you don't have to take the whole stack you just need one so if you would take one of those pass it down we said that earlier this month we would have four opportunities to be inviting people to special days or events where they can make some connections with this church what's really cool to think about is that all four of these opportunities that we have just this month are really really different and really really specific where we can target about four different types of people four different audience um, we have a youth retreat and our target audience there would be students teens a whole bunch of you have already been inviting your friends a lot of you've been thinking about who you want to bring with you on that retreat if you haven't I hope you'll jot down the name of a person that you'll be praying about this week if if you've invited a friend and they're coming write down their name and pray for their hearts to be open for the word next weekend adults I'd encourage you on this one to write down the name of one of our teenagers here that you'll take before God and you'll be praying for that'd be great so the first target audience would be teenagers uh, the spring egg hunt is on the 19th our focus group there would be children or, or families with young children who's a family with kids that you could invite be praying for them and then the next day is, is Easter Sunday on the 20th it's one of the biggest days of the year attendance wise for the congregation here a lot of people get up and go to church on that day it's it's just kind of the facts many who do not attend church regularly will attend church on Easter so it'd be a great time for all of us to be thinking, okay, who are someone, who's someone religious that I could be inviting? Maybe it's a neighbor across the street that you think they might go to church somewhere, but you aren't really sure. Maybe it's someone you haven't seen here in a while and it'd be a great time not to guilt trip them, but to invite them back and welcome them in, let them know you missed them. Write down the name of somebody who would fit that demographic and be praying for them. And then there's Friends Day on the 27th. It's a day where we want you to be inviting, just like it says, friends. Be inviting friends to Friends Day. Uh, it's, it's really an awesome day. We have an early afternoon service, followed by a meal and a whole lot of fun. Uh, you know, like last year when this happened. Remember that? It's just a, it's a great, relaxing environment. So, so write down the name of a friend that you'd like to be praying about inviting and reaching. In the coming weeks, you'll be hearing more about those things as far as details. We're going to help you guys by, by giving you some stuff to give away to help promote those events. But for now, I hope 
most importantly of all, you'll be praying for those opportunities to reach people. And keep that post-it note somewhere where you can be praying over those names this week. What else, Paul? What else should we be praying? Back to verse 4. That I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. That I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Remember, remember when you were younger and you had that first crush and it just kind of turned you in knots and you didn't know what to say. The whole thing just kind of made you crazy. You knew how you felt, but you didn't really know how to communicate it. And so you thought about it and you thought about it and you thought, you know, I, I've got it. I'll write her a note. I'll reveal to her my true feelings. It will be heartfelt. It will be meaningful. It will be perfect. And so you begin, dear Laura, I like you. Do you like me? Check yes or no. Took a lot of years to get that one to come back the way I wanted it to. There's something to be said, though, about a clear message. There's something to be said about a clear message. And when it comes to talking to people about the Lord and about their life, do you think sometimes we make things more complicated than they should be? I think so, sometimes we get so consumed with the idea of knowing what to say and we don't say anything. You know, there are times when all you really need to say is, hey, are you, are you doing okay? And the door's open. Times when all you really need to say is, hey, I've got this retreat coming up with my youth group. You want to come with me? Check yes or no. I've heard you talk some about the Bible. I'm, I'm always wanting to know more about the Bible. Do you, you think we could sit down together sometime and open up the Bible and read? Hey, man, I know you've been thinking about becoming a Christian for a while, and I'm not going to bother you, but I just want to check or... Are you ready? Is there any good reason why you shouldn't be baptized right now? Paul wants the Christians in Colossae to be praying that he will make the message of Christ clear to as many people as the Lord will give him the opportunity. The gospel of Christ is deep and mysterious, but it's also a clear and simple message enough for anyone to understand. So we need to make it clear. Paul knew that he might only get one shot to declare the mystery of Christ to these people. And he doesn't want to blow the opportunity by overlooking it or by overcomplicating uh, over it. Paul knew he needed to have prayers. Next, Paul's going to adjust his focus just a little bit. He says, hey, speaking of opportunities for us to share the word, let's talk about the opportunities that you have to share the word. Let's hit verse 5. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders making the best use of time. Okay, Paul, I get it. I just need to be the best example I can be and make best use of the time that I have. Got it. I'll just keep my mouth shut and I'll just be a shining example. After all, that's the best evangelism that there is. Well, hold on a minute. Yes, your example is important, very important. But keeping your mouth shut does not equal evangelism. Evangelism is a word that literally means the announcement or the proclamation of good news. Look at verse six. Look what he says. Let your speech, that means you're gonna have to talk. Now he's gonna tell us how to talk. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. In verses five and six, 
The language is very specific. We're talking about how we should behave around outsiders. He says, walk wisely. We don't have a lot of time to mess around, so we better use it to the best of our ability. Then in verse 6, let your speech be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. How do you speak towards people who are not Christians? That telemarketer on the phone, that person who works for the cable company that may not speak English as their primary language, how do you speak towards them? The jerk at work, how do you speak to them? Do you speak with grace? Do you speak to them at all? And when they ask you about what sets your speech apart, why you aren't berating them, why you aren't treating them like everybody else treats them, will you be ready to give them an answer? Will you be ready to give them the answer? The Word of God is sown in the heart and then it grows in the body. It comes out of our mouths in the way that we speak, out of our hands in the way that we serve, out of our hearts in the way that we love, out of our minds in the way that we think, and out of our feet in the way that we walk. When the Word fills our lives like that, it becomes who we are and what we do. And we are, in every sense of the word, evangelists. Maybe this morning you don't know what you're looking for, but you're looking for something. I pray that you would find it in God. I pray that we would be people who would help you find Him. If you've never become a Christian, and you want to begin your relationship with God, there's no better time than now. You can give your life to God and have your sins washed away this morning. Maybe you forgot what you were looking for and you've been missing it. Distracted by the things that the world has that get in our way. Come back to Him and let us help if we can. If there's any way that we can, any way we can be of help, please come.